Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, board gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here. Back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 122. Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show dedicated to board gaming. Our special board Game Gumbo, a proud member of Punchboard Media. Hey, check out some of our other fine members like LDoc Logan. Oscar provides reviews to help you find a game that may fit your shelf and gives his opinions on the games. The reviews are both in Spanish and in English. And he actually taught me one of the games we're talking uh, here tonight. Had a great time. He's a, an excellent teacher. Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Before I get the special guest up here, one quick show announcement. I want to say congrats to our Tiny Epic winner, the Tiny Epic Games Contest. The winner is Brandon Sparks from, hey, Tim, from Wisconsin. Would you believe? Thanks go out to Gameland Games as well as the Ship Shape Gamer. Check it out, shipshapegamer.com. Dot com for all of their uh, inserts and everything else. BJ from more game Gumbo. I've got my guest here, Stephen Verla. <laughs> Gumbo Live, number 122. Uh, we were supposed to have Tim Burning tonight, but we don't have him from Thunderworks Games. We're going to try to connect with him one other time. Yeah, we'll, yeah, Tim, I just saw that. We'll try to reschedule. So, But I want to tell you about a game that I got to play recently. I've, I've got to play High Rise, and I've played it a bunch since last week. My friend Oscar L. Doc Logan from Punchboard Media who's also an Envoy member, had a, a thing where he was teaching it online through the Envoy Gateway. So anybody out there, you want to learn a game, maybe you don't have a lot of game teachers in your area, or maybe you're stuck and you can't get outside of your house due to the COVID-19 restrictions, hey, here's your chance. Log into Envoy Gateway, and every night they've got Envoy heralds from around the country that are going to teach you games. One of those was High Rise. I was having trouble getting it played, frankly, because uh, – you know, we just don't have the game group anymore. So, and it wasn't something I felt comfortable with teaching my family until I really learned from somebody. So Oscar did a fantastic teach. What is High Rise? High Rise is the new game from Gil Hova. Um, it was successfully kickstarted after he retooled a little bit. He tried first with some big plastic buildings and then went back to the drawing board and got Quan Chai Moria to do this amazing art. Look at that box cover. All of the buildings look like that. And what, what you are is, you're competing town builders trying to build up a town on this big, I guess it's sort of a rondelle is the best way to think of it. The board, is, you can see it there at the bottom, and there's the standees. Not normally a fan of standees, but these are amazing. Mm-hmm. Quanchai just knocked out of the park with this art. On the board, you're going to move your mogul around to these different city zones. And when you hit the city zones, you can only go to one space in the city zone. So it's sort of, it's not worker placement, but it's sort of, you know, you're going to take that action when you get there. No one else can take that action without a special power. And each of those actions lets you do things like build stuff or get materials to build stuff or score victory points. But some of the actions are more powerful. You can always take the base action, but some of them have actions that you can get corrupted by doing it. Basically, you're bribing and you're cheating and you're stealing your way, a la a certain someone that should be coming to mind, you know, in, in New York real estate. I don't know. I don't know that. Yeah. Too, memories, too, right? soon, <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. So as you go around the board, you have the option of taking those stronger actions. But if you do, if you take those stronger actions, you're going to get corruption, negative points at the end of the game. 
Now, you can manipulate that. You can go to other spaces and get rid of corruption. But there's a penalty at the end of every round when we come all the way around uh, the, um, the board and you play uh, three rounds in, in the big game, which is the one that, that I've been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come around the board during the three times, it's going to look to see who's got the most corruption. And there's going to be some penalties. You're going to have some special powers you can't use. And at the end of the game, you could lose a lot of points. It could make, make or break the game. But you really, to win, you really need to use those stronger powers, you know? There was one player that, that we played in one of our games that said, I'm not taking any corruption. I'm just going to play it straight and try to just maximize my actions. And they, they just have trouble with that. Mm. You've got to live on the edge a little bit if you're going to deal in New York real estate. So that's the fun part. Managing your mogul as you go around, those re- around the rondelle. And also the way, and let me show you some of the pictures. The way that the buildings just rise above as you're building the city. I mean, it is super photogenic and it feels it. The reason that you're so obsessed with trying to get those buildings is that it's the highest building in each of the zones that's going to score a little bit more points. You, you score points for building the building, of course. You get the special powers from where you built the building. When other people come back and land on your building, you're going to get some bonus things. It's usually um, getting um, materials for building your next building. But... At the end of every round, we're also going to look to see who built the biggest buildings in each of those areas. So you kind of want to spread out a little bit, put people around, you know, get those tall buildings. And I'm always eyeing, I'm looking at what Verla and I'm looking at what Steve's doing because I, I got to be one step higher. And it's got that kind of Coliseum feel to it where the first round you're going to be building lots of little twos and threes and fours. But by that last round, look at that one. I've built an 11 with a plus two steeple on top of it. I think it's called a spire. And that's just so much fun when you're trying to do it. Now, why am I bringing it up tonight? Because Gil's got a, Gil Hover, the designer and publisher with Formal Ferret Games, has a Kickstarter going on right now. Um, that Kickstarter is to get those plastic pieces that he tried the first mm-hmm. time. Hey, it's already 50% at least. I, I haven't checked it since this morning, but it, it was going, you know, bonzo the first couple of hours. So it's going to fun. And now you're going to have the choice to use those beautiful standees from Quanchai Moria, or instead of the kind of the plain plastic pieces he had before, he took Quanchai's art, had Daniel Newman sculpt them into plastic. Okay. And now look what you've got. These unique buildings that all have that futuristic look that, that Quanchai is known for. The, the rest of the colors that you see are the, are the typical, the different players. Right. And, uh, and of course, he's got little markers there because – just looking at a building, you may not be able to tell if that's a five or a six or how tall they are. So this right. is that kind of visual reminder. But as you can see, the art is stunning. The game looks beautiful on the table. Are there some downsides? Mick and Starl, if you watch their video. Yes. Uh, Steve, I think you saw it. Do you remember what, what their basic complaints were? No, I don't remember what their basic complaint was, but I think they, they, they said something to the effect of um, – was it that they were saying that it got to the end of the game and it was kind of a scramble to get some things done and they felt like they were kind of flailing throughout and then there was a bit of a rush? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, right. The, that you know that build up to becoming really powerful in the third one. They also didn't like the fact that the two player game is one of those where they did. the third true. player is sort of a dummy player, but uh, somebody has to control. It's not my favorite way of doing two player games. Mm-hmm. I much rather yeah. where. The third player is something that kind of takes stuff away on the board and you have to deal that. You know, right. people complain about Coimbra with two or three players. I don't at all. I think it plays great at two or three. I love 
the fact that I can see what that what the dummy player is doing, and then right. I got to try to outmatch it, right, Burl? Mm-hmm. With coin Burl? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. It's really well. I, you know, I know some people complain about it. it's not. This one, I'm not that much of a fan. I have not played a two player for that reason. It looks right. a lot more fun to play a three or four. So you said you, know, you, Gil, you said you I played say, the Gil, big I, game. I don't want to throw it on the bus. I'm not saying the two player isn't good. I haven't actually played that. It right. just wasn't enticing to me. But go ahead, Steve. When you said you've been playing this, the big game. I mean, when when I looked at what Mick and Starla had posted pictures of, it was a table full of game. Oh, yeah. um, is it unwieldy on the table? Well, I've got, you know, I've got a big table. So my yeah. dining table is big enough to fill. It filled up almost my whole dining table, though. I mean, it, it wow. takes a lot of table space. What I meant by the big game is you can play it with just two ages. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the introductory game. Gotcha. You can even play the kind of beginner's introductory. Let's call it the standard game. You can play mm-hmm. the introductory game where it kind of juices everything already ready. You're right into the second round. You already have some stuff, and right. you're going to go right into building. I preferred that long build into the three. Now, does it take longer? Yeah. Um, two of the two of the games took probably two and a half hours. The last one was closer to two hours. So mm. that one was pretty smooth, but that was with people that knew how to play it. When I played with Oscar, it was a long one. But that was between the teach, having – um, two people not as comfortable with English, uh, me or me included. So I was probably one of them. <laughs> so that was a little bit tough. I was playing with some uh, players from Mexico. So uh, Oscar's a, a Spanish um, content creator, and he had he had a but he's very popular down there. So he had a bunch of his fans that wanted to play, and I was like the fourth guy. So um, I, I probably slowed it up a little bit. And plus, it's a teach too. But yeah, I saw Verla just posted the uh, the Kickstarter for the Ultra Plastic Edition. Ultra Plastic. Is, is the wild resource that you can use, which is really fun. You can use it as a wild resource, or you can use it to score more points. But this way you can get the ultra-plastic edition. That is uh, high-rise. I'm not going to say it's for everybody, but if you like the kind of games I like, where you like engine-building games, you love you know, trying to – that Takedo um, – what's the one that I think, Verla, that you also like about the, the monks making beer? Heaven Heaven and Ale? ale? Heaven and Ale. Yes, if you like, like that Takedo Heaven and Ale mechanic where you can go grab that juicy spot, right. but now you're leaving people two or three actions behind mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. And you like that mechanic. And I love that mechanic. It's a great um, mechanic. Yeah, I forget it. Martin uh, Wallace used it in that uh, Oz Australia game, mm-hmm. too. So if you like that mechanic, it's really well done in High Rod. In fact, because it's based on zones rather than imagine with Takedo, instead of just being space, 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 hey, Steve, you and I played Takedo like yeah. 10 times back to back to back. Sure. It got to the point where we kind of knew what each other were doing. The game, the game different. almost played itself. It mm-hmm. felt like it, right? Yeah, it can. This one, because it's zones where there's three or four actions in each zone and you can only do one of them absent special powers. That throws a twist to that mechanic that I think, refined it makes it okay. better so yeah high rise cool. two thumbs up for me cool nice have uh, to check that out chris Strain says make games or play them the eternal question yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right what about you have you guys played any games lately uh been playing online um with Verla sometimes yeah yeah what are you playing um well we're still playing at least two copies of teotihuacan 
Mm-hmm. Now, and I'm still struggling with two different versions of the same game going. I'm, I'm in different <laughs> colors in the different games and I have to remember, am I yellow this time or black this time? Um, still chasing you. Haven't caught you yet, but, <laughs> but more, more, some of us are on your heels. And uh, I've been playing Nanga Parbat uh, online yeah. too, which is a Steve Finn game, uh, two-player, um, really, really good little game. It was one of the ones that he had as his um, Kickstarter for the for 2020 and i think he still has more that are available in the kickstarter edition that you might be able to order through his website um but a very cool little game a two-player game where the conceit is that you're exploring a mountain you're going up the mountain and down the mountain and you have a guide and you're collecting animals along the way you could be either trapping them or you know feeding or furs or what have you but you're doing some some um some set collection and what you the clever part of it is how you move around the mountain. It's a triangular mountain, but that triangle is divided into one triangle at the top with two triangles underneath in the middle and three at the base. And each of those triangles mimics the same three at the bottom, two in the middle, one at the top uh, heading. So when you play in one of those triangles, the animal that you collect, the spot one, two, three, four, five, six, dicta- dictates which of the next big triangles you go to. So it's kind of like I was telling you, uh, BJ and Alex, the other night, if you've ever played like a super tic-tac-toe game where there's a tic-tac-toe board inside of every one of the quadrants and it dictates where you travel to next, it's very much like that. Um, you're, you're, laying, you're putting down hikers. You're redeeming them to maybe if you get a big contiguous group of hikers, you can turn them in for a campsite. But each time somebody else claims that, they have to go either lower to get points or higher to get points. You've taken up right. spots along the scoring track that are eating up good places. Um, it does not outstay its welcome. It is real tight, real snappy. And as we were saying the other night, I, you know, I, I know Steve and I love Steve's stuff. I think this is his best. Really? I, I really do think, think it's his best. Nice. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this one. I love, I love your idea that it's sort of like that super top, uh, super, tic-tac-toe mm-hmm. what i really like the, my favorite part of the mechanic is is the decision as to especially if you have the is it the brown bear where you can move them to the place they don't want to be right and you know that you're getting it back wherever you want because right. you're just going to use your brown bear oh uh, that is that is super delicious Berla, you played manga Parbat? i haven't yet i need uh, to get on there is it two player only it's two pl- it's two player, two player. Okay. yeah it is a good okay. two player um, Your there's mom is strategy in it, right but now. it is very tactical. You have to really, you're, when you move, you're giving the next player control over the board and okay. you want to position, you want to move them into places where they can't make connections, where they can't get the animals they want and they'll have to, or if they want the animal that's there, they're going to send you right back to where you need to go. It's, so it's Steve, a couple do you, of Do you have ahead. a strategy? Do you have a favorite animal? Have you, as, as any one of them, you think, you know, John Newman, has an idea that one or two of the animals make a pretty good combination. I want to see I if you pick I do up like on that. the animal that will let you flip flop hikers. Yes. Because if you have, um, you could have somebody who's positioning themselves between your hikers trying to keep you from connecting them together. And when you, you have to have contiguous hikers to redeem them for campsites. But if you can do that movement of moving, flipping their hiker that's in the way with one of yours, and all of a sudden you create a longer island, that seems pretty powerful to me. What, what's the gray one do? Do you remember? 
the gray one i actually have a game that i'm playing with luke open right now i can hover over it and tell you um (laughs) that lets you switch any two animals anywhere on the board that can be useful especially if you want to be kind of if if you're doing set collection you want to you know keep somebody from getting what they need to complete complete their six of a kind animals just keep moving Um, just keep moving it around play uh, and and we actually have debated how much is it good to get out in front versus play from behind because that that um that red panda whenever you take the red panda if you're in tied or behind the person it's just a free point just a free point each so, time is that is that dr finn's way of a catch-up mechanic it seems mechanic like it sort of? could be but i actually think there i mean luke just in the last game i was i was i thought i was <laughs> running away with it and then he just um pipped me at the end with the very last move and and strung them together and beat me 30 to 29 and at the same time you know <clears throat> but yeah good game a game that makes you happy to have played it when you've lost and you want to you know let's fire it back up again put them back out those are the best that's a really good game um it is it is super strong verla steve then was on oh i forgot to put you up steve then was steve then was on the show and when he described the four games that are out on that kickstarter that just finished right about a week or two ago. yeah i think so a couple weeks ago yeah um this is the one that caught my eye i was like oh i really like that the way he was describing it and then now getting to play it, it's like, oh, wow, this is a game doesn't take long, apparently. Although, you know, when we play it online turn by turn, it's going to take three days. But right, right. It seems like if you were playing it live, Steve, I bet you could knock this thing out in 20 minutes. I think you're right. Or if you, were, if you were playing together online and you were really taking your moves back and forth, probably less because it's doing all of the accounting for you. Um, oh, if you're playing on BGA, yeah. If you're playing it on BGA and, and you have somebody live with you rather than doing asynchronous turn-taking, um, you yeah. could probably be done with this game in maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, um, beauty of and, BGA. You know, games that take 45 minutes only take 20 on BGA. Yep. Yeah. Which is weird because Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator seem to stretch out the time yeah. of games. Agreed. Oh, my goodness. Agreed. I think Steve still has more of these available even after the Kickstarter. They might be on his site, and I think it was around 28 all all done and dusted um so if there's a link to that and we can throw that in there if we have anybody who's still with us after <laughs> after the fiasco of earlier um it is mike, got eight people up still oh just cool. went down yep. to seven mike henson is uh checking in hey mike thank you he says y'all be safe down there we're we're we're, we're crossing our fingers yeah. kirk, kirk says animals and hiking you have to check this out yeah kirk this is right mm-hmm. up your alley and again Think, think about Kirk. Kirk is the one that teaches um, English in uh, in Asia. I apologize, Kirk. I just can't remember which country it is. But uh, he's always hiking out there. Just beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful hiking. But he uses games as a way to teach English to those people. So he's teaching English as a second language. This is the perfect game for it. Yep. You're going one-on-one with someone. You're explaining the different animals and what they do. So you're talking a lot about movement and, you know, mm-hmm. to me, simple English commands that people can learn. So Right. Turn-taking directions. Says, yeah, absolutely. It, Patrick Newman says he backed Nanga Parbat and Mining Colonies. I tell you, out of the four that he did, Nanga Parbat, I'm, I'm so happy I backed it because yeah. I, I think playing on BGA so far with Kelly has been fun, but I really can't wait to put it on the table. I think it's Well, and, it's, and if, if it looks good with the little wooden meeples, that should really mm-hmm. pop on the table too. It's a small game. It's not going to take up a big footprint, I don't think, on the table. But those little meeples are going to be an attention grabber. Hey, Spencer's checking in. Spencer, we don't have the ability with the chat to pop it up, but if you guys haven't seen Spencer's channel, he and Laura have been playing games together, and they played Horrified, Berlo, one of my favorite little uh, cooperative games. Have you played uh, Horrified yet, Berlo? Yeah, several times. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's Spencer really and Raw were playing that right before. So yeah. that was. I'm not seeing oh. the comments, but hey, Spencer, um, good good talking with you the other day, and love what you're doing online. Keep up the great stuff. Yeah, Luca just posted it. Apparently, you can still pre-order yeah. the Kickstarter edition for Manga Parbat. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, this is going to be a quiet little sleeper for uh, for Doctor Finn, but I, I will play this over Biblios anytime. I I tell you, I, I think I so really too. Like oh, Spencer says they won. They beat him. Oh, congratulations! But I didn't get to nice. stay to the end, so I missed out. And instead of that, I had to deal with technical issues with Gumbo Live. <laughs> It's a uh, Kirk says Taiwan, so that's right, Taiwan. So, gotcha. all right, Verla, we I talked about a game. Steve talked about a game. You're up. What you got? Oh goodness, um, I haven't. What are you not playing into it yet? But I'm really excited that they've got Seven Wonders Duel on BGA now. Mm-hmm. Getting excited to dive into that. We've been having Potion Explosion tournaments. <laughs> yep. First class right. on Yukata. Yep. Seven Wonders Duel. One of. Um, I'll be honest, man. Uh, I, I'm having a blast playing with uh, Eric, Eric Bats and our friend Eric. Um, mm-hmm. The one I don't win very many games, and Eric let me win the first game, so that was actually fun. What's in there? Have you played the the base game of uh, Seven Wonders, the big seven person game? I have just that one time with the two of you on BGA, and I was so lost because <laughs> it was turn yeah. by turn, and I'd only done dual and was trying to compare them, but they're really not the mm-hmm. same. Yeah. I think Steve would agree with me that you played Seven Wonders live, correct, Steve? Yeah. Or have you only played online? No, I've played it once or twice on the table, and it's a lot to yeah. pay attention to on the table. It's a lot to manage on the table with tucking your cards and, and, and remembering, rem- actually remembering who do I pass to this time and which way are we going. The, the online um, makes it very app-like in that sense. It really does, it does. Uh, do, do the accounting for you. I like Seven Wonders Duel a lot, uh, and I think I'd rather play it on the app version even than than playing it live because it does all of the you know all of the numbers for you and the money mm-hmm. and it takes and it sets up all the cards for you all the stuff I don't really want to do the right. counting basically right. Berla, yes. what about you? What do you think? I'm really excited. I've got a game started with Eric as well. I think we're both still picking which wonders we want to go for, but I can't wait to see what the version is like online. I've only played Seven Wonders. I haven't played Duel. So now that it's online, I'm going to have to give it a shot. Nice. Johnny Pack checking in. Johnny Pack says, First Class and Seven Wonders Duel are two of his favorites. Yeah. Nice. Man, man has taste. What can I tell you? Good taste. Seven yeah. Wonders Duel. It's Antoine Bozon it's, and it's Bruno Cathala. Bruno basically taking Seven Wonders and distilling it down to a two-player game. Mm-hmm. The, the, Bruno has said that the switch got flipped when he finally figured out that having different ways of laying out the cards mm-hmm. was the key to breaking the game into two players. Right. So it, it sort of simulates the knowledge that cards are getting passed around the table in the big seven wonders. And you don't know if that card's ever going to come back to you, especially in a big game. I love mm-hmm. playing with seven players. Some people complain about it. I love playing with seven players because it's so chaotic. It really is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're in, in three-player game, you feel like you control it a little bit because you know, kind of know what cards are coming back. Seven-player cards, oh, man. You know, you might, you're only going to see one of those cards back, right? It's completely chaotic, but it still feels like when you're playing with seven people, you're still playing a three-player game, the person to your left and the person to your right. You can't yes. think about what's going to get back to you because you just never know, but you do have to pay attention to what you're giving to the person next to you each time. That's where Armada comes in. If you haven't played Armada, Armada mm-hmm. makes it truly a multiplayer game because okay. you have to watch everybody in there. Yeah, so I, I like... Seven Wonders with the Armada expansion. And I, I don't need anything else. I know people like 
uh, cities or leaders or heroes, whatever. I always forget all the different names. But to me, Seven Wonders and Armada, and you've got yourself a game. Mm-hmm. But back to Seven Wonders nice. uh, Duel, what do you think, Verla, about the way that they set the cards out? Uh, you know, I haven't gotten to it yet on the screen. We're not that far enough in. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying, I'm first. excited about it. Okay. But oh, you know you what else to, I was thinking? You haven't got to finish your game yet. Yeah, oh, we, we're barely getting started. But that just reminded me with the cards, the way they're laid out in Duel in general. A couple weekends ago, I learned in the Hall of the Mountain King. And I don't know if you guys have played that, but you are uh, building a tableau of cards that's kind of laid out um, the same way as in Seven Wonders Duel, mm-hmm. except you're building it up instead of taking cards from it like you are in Duel. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how you get your resources and everything. And that was definitely a hot game I've played lately that I've really liked. Yeah. It's a good mechanic. I remember there was a uh, an actual game of solitaire that I used to play on the table that was pyramid, either an inverted pyramid oh, or a straight yeah. pyramid, and you had to pull That's off cards in, in in sums of thirteen. And if you could pull okay. them off, you could you could um, you had the same kind of thing. But what I think they took from that and then put it into something like duel was some cards up, some cards hidden. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you're, you could uncover something, but you don't know what it is, and you could be feeding somebody the next big card that they need is, is really nicely done. Right. That's, that's a cool uh, – I haven't played that version of Solitaire. Um, it's a cool I, little version of Solitaire, basically. Oh, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I think your, your aces were 13, and you had to then take off a king and a two, and a queen and a three. And so basically, every, if you could uncover a, a combo that made 13 and the card wasn't covered, the two cards okay. weren't covered, you could lift them off and then expose new cards that you could be pulling off the board. So it was basically and you're still trying, trying to get rid of all the cards on the table. Board. Yep. Are, are some of them face down? like In, in uh, that game that I played, they're always face up, so you can plan okay. ahead and see what's going. But the Seven Wonders idea of, of flipping it row to row or you know, um, having it so that something, you know, and when you open up something, you're not just uncovering the card, you're exposing what the card was. It could be a mystery that's great for the other person. Um, mm. I like that. Sounds good. i gotta, I got to get on that and play it myself. I'm going to have to look that up and see if we can find it. Johnny Pack says that Sierra West's Mountain of Cards was inspired by Seven Wonders Duel. And we've mm-hmm. seen other games like that. Our, our friend uh, Joel, who did the um, – Joel Lewis did the one about the butterflies. Fluttering Souls. Fluttering Souls. Fluttering Souls has that little cascade mm-hmm. of upside-down okay. and, and yep. right-side-up cards. So that, is a pretty, that is a pretty cool mechanic that a lot of designers have done. Now, he also mentions Russian Railroads. Uh, same designer, Helmet somebody. I can't think of his name. But same designer's first class. Helmet Oe. Mike. Okay. Mike. Helmet Oe. Okay. I think so. Nice. Maybe something you want to check out. I've always heard of Russian Rails being a really good game. And yeah. first class is my favorite game. Yeah. So, they, love it in it Me- they love it in Maple Town. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, all right. So one last game and then we'll close it out? Yeah, sure. BJ Morgan, come on. I've got my guests here, Verla and Steve. We're trying to salvage episode number 122. <laughs> put the, put the, the, fia- put the fiasco it. back up on there. <laughs> yeah, we should. It was a fiasco tonight. Well, hopefully we get Tim Burning back up at another yeah. time. But I got to play a lot of cartographers and wasn't allowed to talk about it until okay. tonight. So it'd be fun to talk about it. Have either one of y'all played cartographers? I have. Yes, game. I have. I really like it. Yeah, Verla, what, what, do, do you know the elevator pitch? What is cartographers all about? Um, so it's like a flip and right and you've got the different sections and 
you know, all the terrains and stuff. You've got the little mountain in the middle and coins. It's been a while since I played it, so I'm trying to pull this up. But basically, cards come up uh, over four seasons where it's saying different goals that you're trying to get on your own little uh, sheet that you're drawing on. And people support you. These monster cards come out, and then you have to swap your sheet with somebody else, and they get to try and mess you up. And That's it. The queen is looking for this lands that are out there to be discovered. And she's appointed the four map makers, the Royal cartographers to go exploring in the countryside. But to do that, you're, you're going to encounter all these monsters, right? They're going to try to mess up your board over the four seasons. As Verla said, you're really trying to match up uh, the way your map looks to what the decrees that the queen wants. Maybe the queen wants forests and mountains to be right next to each other in a certain pattern. And if you do that, you score points for everyone. You do that. So I liked it. Uh, it was a it was a flipping right. <laughs> this I think adds just enough to make me even more interested. The more that I can get into the theme of a roll and write, the the more that I like it. And that's mm. you know when you when you talk about welcome to or the what was it four plan that uh, that Alex was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alex wasn't talking about scores at all. He was no. talking about the craziness of having a hot right. tub next to the living room next, next to the, to the other know, hot tub. <laughs> Next to the other hot tub, right? So, and that's the beauty of cartographers. I was lucky to play it um, here in the family, but also Jay Bell, who just checked in. Thank you, Jay, for, for for checking in. So, Jay and I got to play. Jay's also a big fan of cartographers, so it was nice to play it. Here's the twist. Nice. So they bring out these heroes, Verlo. So you know the big bad monsters that are going to come out. Mm-hmm. You can have heroes come out like this dwarf who can help you defeat those monsters. Ooh. You're going to draw that little okay. sword. And those little stars around the sword. And if the monsters land in any of those spaces, they're defeated. So those, and why is that important? Because these, I don't remember the monsters very well from the first game, but these monsters are all fun. They are going to try to mess you up. Zombies were my favorite. If the zombies are left alone and there's any empty spaces around it. And of course, as Berla said, Steve, you have to give up your map sheet to the person to your left or right. I can't remember what it is. But it goes to the other player, and that player's eyeballing your sheet going, ah, Steve's trying to score over here. I'm going to plop a dragon right in the middle of it, right? Yep. Right. Now you have a chance to try to defeat it with the heroes. But whatever empty spaces orthogonally to the monsters are left at the end of the season, you're going to have to take some negative points. Hmm. What if I told you that the zombies, if you don't block them in, they're going to keep creating more zombies which create, keeps creating more empty spaces, more space. which keeps creating more negative. Now you really, Verla, have to shift your attention from all that juicy scoring you were doing to <laughs> getting rid of stupid monsters. But, oh, I'm so excited for this. This sounds oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The designers help you out. Look, there's a, if you want to see a terrible sheet, I don't remember <laughs> actually. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me. I don't remember which one of us won. You probably won. Yeah, I'm going to get to the volcano in just a second. So you'll uh, see no, right no. here. If you, BJ, if you don't remember who won, it means <laughs> Jay won. We, probably, we, we covered right? that with hoop guts. We covered that. <laughs> okay. This was, I think this was a solo one I did. And as you can see, I didn't score very many points, 18 points. It was just terrible. I, I think I might have gotten Jay at the end. But uh, if you see, the other thing about this expansion is that they're bringing in what they call map packs. The one that I have right here is, oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's, it starts at the end, but uh, it's basically volcanic, dwarven volcanic lands. And you've got this volcano in the middle. And of course, when volcano cards come out, the volcano is going to erupt. 
and spread lava all over the place, messing up whatever you have on your board. And unlike the monsters, there's really not much you can do about that. I mean, you're kind of mm-hmm. stuck with what you see there. But yeah, love those, love those heroes. Love what they can do for you. You see Rin the lioness and how she protects those issues. That's those season cards, Steve. You're trying to match up the mountains with the forest in certain angles, and that's all the different points that you're going to score. Oh, Thurla, thanks for uh, putting up the targeters thing. Yeah, just to wake up. The season cards are known, though. It's always going to be the same thing. You're going to start out with A, B, meaning, um, was it spring is the first one, I think? A and B, the two A and B um, goal cards are going to be there. Then it's like A and C, like Isle of Sky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. played Isle of Sky. Just like yeah. yeah. It's got that mechanic. So you, you get to do some planning. In fact, a lot of times, the, the games that I've won, I've actually had a suboptimal season because I'm really setting up for that next season. Right. I have that big one for the next season. I might, might kind of punt this season because I just can't really make it work. Yeah. I think Jay told me that the dragon was his favorite. Uh, the, J, the dragon says, when all dragon spaces are surrounded or destroyed, you get, oh, yeah. So there, there's this theory about coins, um, and coins give you special bonuses. I don't remember that from the first one, but it might have been in the in the base game, right? I think it was just Coin bonus points. Yeah. There's there's part of the lava flow. Uh, yeah, there it is. So Nebulous is one of the okay. map packs that have come out. There are three that have been announced so far on the Kickstarter. Uh, they're optional unless you go all in, but I recommend that Nebulous. I have, I've actually had a lot more fun playing the volcano one than i did the base game so cool. I, I think it's okay. i like i didn't get to, they didn't send me the other one so I, I don't i didn't get to play all the other ones but as you can see you get a lot for this game and it's and it's reasonably priced too it's not bad at all yeah you there, have to get over there, there and back this yeah check oh october's gonna be brutal but this is yeah i'm recommending people <clears throat> i is like this, is this standalone or is this a, or yeah. an expansion it not an expansion a, to cartographers but a new game in the cartographer's universe. I think it is a, I, Oh, you know what? Let's go to the Kickstarter page. I'm up there right now trying to find it. Okay. The hero's version can be played as a standalone or combined with the original. That's both. You could play it by itself. And there's all the different awards that, uh, that the base game had won. Uh, I want to say it was even recommended or maybe even nominated for the, I think it was a nominee. I think it yeah. was. Yeah. This is everything you get in the base game. So obviously you're getting enough to play with, you know, all the things. And then you can also get, okay, no, sorry. Here's the, here's the base game of the standalone expansion. And as you can see, you get the pencils, you get the maps, you get all mm-hmm. the cards so you can play the game. If you go back to this one, this is the one that comes with the cool box that has both of the, you know, both of the, gotcha. of the front covers. And it gives you all of the different things. So you can actually go in and get all three map packs. And if you want to, get all the colored pencils. I didn't know this, but when Sagan taught me the game, the first thing he brought out, he's like, hey, we've got to play it with colored pencils. I'm like, what are you talking about? It is so much more fun because oh, yeah. I'm, a ter- I'm a terrible artist, Verla. So draw- trying to draw the little swords and stuff, and it, it all kind of became a big blob on the uh, paper. Right, but right. Colored pencils. You know, each each of the different ones, the forests are green and the mountains are brown. So The water so is blue. It's great. It's so much fun with colored pencils. It looks good. I think it I went good. and bought some specifically just for that game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Cartographer's Heroes. It's out on Kickstarter. Just starting today, it's going to be out for a while on Kickstarter. Reasonably priced. If you, if you already have the game, you can just, you know, get the Cartographer Heroes part. It's going to throw in those Heroes cards. It's going to throw in some extra monsters. 
but get the map pack. Uh, at least the volcano one. It's the only one I've tried, but all of the map packs look really cool. Good Steve, you that. like rolling rights. Is this I do. I do. And and for me, theme is, you know, nice in a rolling right. If you can add something to it, it's not necessary for me because I play some of, you know, that are just plain dice and numbers and what have you. But yeah. if there's something in there that could really make it pop in terms of like, you pretend you're actually doing something, you feel like you're drawing in the water, you're drawing in the what have you, making it real with the colors, sure, bring it up. I don't need theme. I mean, Gonchon, Clever, and uh, yeah. Dizzle. I mean, I, I like both those games. They don't have any theme yeah. at all. No, nope. that's right. The puzzle itself is fun, uh, yep. but I do like it whenever you're doing something with it. I just got, we just got in today a review copy of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up the name, Super 4K Pinball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 4K or something like that. Super Pinball 4K, something like that. I think so. Um, Jeff, that's Jeff Engelstein's that's take Jeff, on. Jeff Engelstein's pinball game. Pinball game, a roll and write or a flip and write. I, I haven't opened a box yet, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure. A pinball game, complete with flippers, tilting, the whole, and a bunch of different. I think it comes with three or four different pinball machines. So, mm-hmm. you know, as as a kid old enough to play a lot of pinball, yep. up, I was terrible <laughs> at it, but we played yep. a lot of pinball. That that that's exciting. I like the fact that somebody's thinking outside the box. It's not just flipping numbers. It's actually right. doing something with it. Suzanne, who and, is the queen of the roll and writes lost her mind over this game yeah, or nay. <laughs> unbelievable so like yes Ooh. this is like it's like you're playing pinball and she was kind of the same way i was saying you know rolling rights don't have to have a great theme they can be just a puzzle that you're playing but you can feel like you're bumping the the pinball machine with your hip trying to get that little little uh, extra action off the side you just you know just don't tilt don't and tilt. she was really, really enthused about this game a couple of weeks back on the Dice Tower. Really, really enthused. And what did you guys say it was called? Something Pinball 4K, Super Pinball 4K, I think. Okay, I have not heard of this one until you guys are telling about it tonight. Got to check that out. Yep. I, I, I want to get I want to get the name right. So what? what Let's yeah. 4K didn't pop. Um, all right, Jack. Could anybody out there know? I mean, it's terrible. I should know the name. I just don't remember. Super Super Skill Pinball 4K, but it's for the number. Okay. Super Skill Pinball colon 4K. All right. Let me throw this down here. And that is Cartographer's Heroes out on Kickstarter right now. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can get that up here real quick. Yep, there it is. I think I, I think I have it right. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see it or not yet? Not yet. Not yet. I see the three of us still. There we go. That's Super the one. Skill yeah, pinball four okay. K. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Wizkid games and Wizkid sent me a copy of it, so it's a review copy. But I mean, I looked at it and it looks like a little pinball machine. Uh, it does have the dice? Um, oh, I was told by Dave that it. It's a roll and ride, of course, but it already comes like with um, dry erase for you to mark up on mm-hmm. instead okay. of paper. Yeah. I, I think that's what he told me, so I, I'm kind of curious about that. It's got four different uh, pinballs, Carnival, Cyberhack, Dance Fever, and Dragon Slayer. Man, right, right out of the 70s and 80s. Yeah. I mean, this is, when Suzanne uh, was talking about it, she was also saying, <clears throat> and, and, and Mandy was asking, uh, well, I mean, all right, if it's pinball, does it do multi-ball? And Suzanne's like, yes, yes, it does multi-ball. It does the does exact it really thing. really do that? 
She said so. I haven't I haven't seen it in action. I haven't looked at any of the of the, uh, the videos in support of it. But yes, if you can be having two things going at the same time, it, it, that's that was the brilliance of playing pinball in the seventies and eighties. If you can get that going where it's multi ball, that's fantastic. All right, so Jeff's Jeff's got it. It's a weight of only two point oh, mm-hmm. so something fairly easy to teach. Thirty minute play time. That's not bad at all. It's getting good ratings. Haven't played it yet, so I'm anxious. I'm anxious yeah, to try it. Was... Interesting hearing about your uh, experience with that one. <clears throat> I will look forward to. It. I wonder if that's nice. one where you and I could play over Zoom, the three of us. Hmm. Let me know. We can try. Would we? Would everybody need to have a copy, or could you be playing in such a way that you feel like you're on the same board? Yeah, let's. Let me let me see if I can put Take a to look the and test see. and see if that would work. That'd be yeah. fun if we played. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if I had it right here, I'd break it out, but that would be pretty yeah. tough. Um, it's, at the, it's at the office right now. So. Well, you know, right, going so back, is... I should say cartographers, we've played that by Zoom as well, uh, mm-hmm. my family and I, and that has worked out well, even with the monsters and passing back oh. and forth. We just kind of went, because I think it's like, you know, Battleship, where you've got the numbers down the one side and letters mm-hmm. on top, and say, okay, right. I want the monster going on yours on A6, and it okay. totally worked. That could work. Even think about it. that would be that would be a fun game to play on uh, on Zoom. Yeah, if, if, like you said, if if it's easy enough just to say, "Hey, here's mm-hmm. my sheet. Where do you where mm-hmm. do you want to attack me?" Right, it worked really well for us. <clears throat> that would be interesting. All right. So, anything else? Any other games you want to talk about? Not on. It's not. Toby says it's time. <laughs> Toby, Toby, Toby says, says he's done. He Toby wants his said, block. Toby's been done for a long time. Toby wants um, his block. <laughs> yeah. No, the only, no other games to really, I, I did play one with Jay that was a good little, um, um, abstract game. We'll save that for another time. Cause it's kind of something that should be shown to, to talk about. The only other thing to add is that I don't know if you've noticed BJ, but everything's stabilized since Verla came on the show. Um, uh, the show knows who owns the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. all I can tell you. What can I say Verla live is what it, what it should be called. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It should be called that. All right, board gamers, that's it for another wacky, wild episode of Gumball <laughs> Live, the fiasco edition. Um, make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash boardgamegumbo, and our YouTube channel. Next week, we hope to get a wrap-up from Steve on his fundraiser. So yeah. if there's – look, we got another hurricane in the Gulf. So now's the time. We still have room. Steve's, Steve's willing to match up to 250 bucks. Yep. So if there's anybody in the chat crew – that wants to help raise uh, funds for hurricane relief. Is that right, Steve? Mm-hmm. Uh, disaster yep. relief. You know, you can do it relief. your own. You can do your own thing so long as it's related to that. And all I need is for somebody. If somebody pledges, I'll put in another twenty-five bucks. And, and you're gonna match up to two hundred fifty. Up to two hundred and fifty. Yep. And I think earlier you said we were somewhere around like one. Were we at one fifty? Um, we're definitely 150. We might be at 200. Okay. So just cap it off. And, and sadly the need is still there and the need's going to be returning. Um, yeah. So, so if you, if you got any spare little, uh, piazzas, we call it here. If you got any piazzas out there, throw it, uh, throw it your favorite charity. That's all you have to do. Tell Steve about it. Tell Let Steve us know about it. Yeah. And he's going to match it up with it next week. We've got our special guests. So make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash board game gumbo or our YouTube channel. It helps us get the word out about all of our upcoming shows, including Matt Riddle. That's right. Matt mm-hmm. Riddle from Motor City Gameworks. He started up a new company. He's still doing publishing with other companies. Right. But those, uh, what does he call them? Those um, seamless little euros that he likes to make. Uh, disappointingly, mathy euros is what he calls them. <laughs> he can actually publish them himself right. through uh, him and Ben through Motor City Gameworks. So I am super excited about Matt uh, coming on the show. And it's going to be the return of 
either heartthrob the board game or maybe a new game, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. maybe a new game. We can work maybe. it out. We, we might have a surprise game for you next week. I know. We got, we got something that we're trying to cook. So I need to throw that up in, the, in our little chat so we can get Verla to chime in on the, on the scoring part. Cool. All right. I'm BJ from Board Game Gumble. And until next time, Verla and Steve, let's say a little bon temps roulette. Thanks for listening. Gumbo Live is produced by BJ Rosa and the name father, Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Or visit the Board Game Gumbo blog at BoardGameGumbo.com. Do you like an Imperial Stout with your favorite heavy hero? How about a New England IPA with the latest thematic treasure? I'm Jake. And I'm Danielle. And Draft Mechanic is the podcast about board games, craft beer, and anything we can do to tie the two together. We've got reviews of hobby board games, the 411 on craft beer styles, news, and history, and every episode we put a different game on tap so you know exactly what brews to reach for when you pull it off the shelf. So sit back, relax, grab a pint, and we'll see you back here every other Monday and at draftmechanic.net for another round. <laughs>